Welcome to 100 Ways, your simple reminder that you are home wherever you are and that everything is right the way it is right now. I'm your host, Laura Christine, fellow explorer of consciousness and this amazing, beautiful world. Let's get curious, dive into the duh, and find out what's here for us today. Welcome to 100 Ways. This is your daily exploration of self and soul. I'm your host and fellow explorer, Laura Christine. Let's dive in and find our way home. If you haven't heard yesterday's episode yet, number 29, you will want to do that. This episode is way better in context. We left off yesterday with Ivana having listened to her mother's episode on my old podcast. I snipped the section she referred to here. You can definitely tell Ivana is Oliveira's daughter. You can't think logically when you're awakened to the fact that if you love someone, you want what they want. This sounds absurd, but it's not when you view it from love's standpoint. If you view your loved one through love's eyes, I want what you want. And this is how I relate to my daughter, who didn't want to have a relationship with me after I left because she wanted a mom who stayed close by and who acted a certain way. That wasn't me anymore. So staying true to myself and love honors the other person, in this case, my daughter. So this person, my daughter, did not want a relationship with this kind of mother. And I say to myself, I want what she wants. So people may be asking well, what about what you want, Oliveira? Maybe you want a relationship with your daughter. Well, yeah, I do. But if I can't be that, if I can't have that relationship with her, I will have a relationship with someone else. If you can't give me a hug, someone will hug me. It's the same thing. I know people will say it's not. It is. In the core of love, this is the same. It's very simple. So if I have to come to terms with my daughter not wanting to be in my life, that's the I, the me, the Oliveira, the story of a mother who wants a daughter to be in her life. That's that part of me. But I don't live from that part anymore. I live from a wider perspective. And the wider perspective lives from love. That's what love looks like. That's the greatest switch, the internal switching from just regular logical story thinking to that greater oneness, wholeness, love, whatever you want to call it. It's not easy, but this is what every day is like. And it's beautiful because now you know, oh my God, your daughter's living her dream. She's not with a mother who she doesn't want. She's with a mother or someone in her life who is someone she wants. I mean, what could I want more for her than that? For her to have what she wants. Oh my God, that makes me so, I mean, I have chicken skin. If you haven't heard Ivana, the daughter's perspective on this yet, go back, listen to episode number 29. After Ivana heard her mom's perspective, she knew she had to call her, if for nothing else, for herself. So I end up calling her. I'm crying. She's crying. She's like, I'm at work. Can I call you later? I was like, yeah, of course. And we end up talking for like 12, 13 hours 
for the next like couple weeks. I mean, it was insane. That phone call was the single hardest thing I have ever done in my life. So now when I think about my career, when I think about walking into, yeah. I'm a DOD contractor at the moment. When I walk into a room in the Pentagon and I'm, I have to facilitate a meeting, it's literally a piece of cake. Yeah. I have the confidence to do anything that I want with my life because in my opinion and in my experience, if you deal with the hard personal stuff, everything else pales in comparison. That phone call was the hardest thing I have ever done. And look at how liberating <laughs> it is. Yeah, it, it was. was extremely liberating. And so anyway, <sighs> long story short, after that period of seven years of not talking and then her and I just spending like hours and hours and hours on the phone together of this massive reconciling, that part of myself that I closed off, the feelings started to come back to me slowly, right? Because I had to like learn to trust her again because yeah. I didn't know who this person was. Of course not. You know, like, and it was crazy because she knew me from zero to 12, 13. Yeah. Time froze. I mean, it kept going, but time froze for us. And then it picked up again when I was, what, 24? So much happened in that 10, 12 years. So she had to get to know me. I had to get to know her. I had to learn to trust her again to open up. Like, how do I open up to this person? Like, what is the role of a mom in my life now? It was a really interesting experience. But anyway, now we're the best of friends and we talk all the time every day. So I love hope. you, mom. <laughs> I'm in tears. I <laughs> Yeah, it's a crazy it's a crazy story. It's a crazy fucking story. And then she came to visit me this past August, as you know. Oh and cool. we had been talking on the phone like every single day, yeah. right? And so we were like, okay, we need to hang out in person. And so she came to see me in August. It literally took me a couple days to be in her physical presence because she had aged and I had aged, ah, yeah. right? Like imagine how much we changed from the age of 12 to 24, like, <laughs> a lot. you know, and so for her to see her child as an adult and for me to see my mom, she's insanely stunning, but she's still older, right? Yeah. And not to mention she had such a spiritual experience. Like now she's literally, I feel like I had two moms. Mm -hmm. I had experienced two moms. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll be going to Hawaii in August to see her and my grandparents. So I'm really excited. I'm so excited for you. Oh my god. Yeah. That's why I am in Washington D.C. Right. Yeah. Now. That's why you're here. That is why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say one thing. I've mentioned to you. I have this fascination with perception. Yes. So in dealing with that period of seven years where her and I were not speaking. I see now in hindsight how much it affected my relationships and the way that I perceived myself and the way that I kind of moved through the world. Yeah. And so that's why I kind of was like, oh, people really need to deal with their stuff because otherwise it affects every single thing. It, it affects the way that you see the world, Yeah. you know, and I mean, I'm just so thankful that I'm a living, breathing testament of what happens when you – because people who knew me kind of before and after this period with my mom, like, it's like they've witnessed a miracle. Like, I'm a completely different human being. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to go back to when you said that it was the most – the hardest thing that you had ever done. Yeah. To show the other side of that. It is so hard to do the hard things. It is – so hard. Yeah, because Elsie, I was convinced 100% that I was never going to speak to her ever again. 
Mm. I was like, I am never going to make this phone call. It's not going to happen ever. Yep. It was not within the realm of possibility. But then I saw it, it just grew louder and louder and louder. And then when the prospect of love came into my life, I was like, this is the missing piece. Yeah. This is the mechanism through which I'm going to access the part of my feelings that have been closed off for so long because of the pain. And when we give ourselves the chance to just do something that we're scared to do, mm-hmm. I've said this before, if it takes courage, then it's worth doing. Mm-hmm. We can do those things that take all the courage that we can muster and probably more than Mm -hmm. we can muster, but we do it anyway somehow. All of a sudden, it frees us in a way that we never thought we could be free. Yeah, and it's interesting. I've experienced and I've learned that pain, the debilitating pain that I had, closes the emotional valve. And I've learned how crucial that emotional valve is to living a full life, if that's what you want. And I wanted that. I was like, I want to experience like deep and profound love and I want honesty in my life. And the reason I felt that something was always off is because my emotional valve was completely closed. And I realized, oh, this is no way to go through life. Not for you. Not for me anyway. We can't control other people's realities, but we can control ours. Mm -hmm. If you are listening and thinking, God, I want to say something to somebody, Mm -hmm. do it. You know what kind of helps me in these situations when I need to do something hard? And this just works for me personally a lot of the time. All I have to do is think about the fact that, like, just think about how life works. The fact that we're kind of on this planet. Like, have you ever seen those videos on YouTube where, like, they start at Earth and then they zoom out and they zoom out and they zoom out. And it's such a humbling. You're like, holy shit, we are literally dust. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, (laughs) And so I... When I get kind of squirrely and I'm like ruminating on something about something I want to say to somebody or I'm like, should I say that? Should I like in that weird space that we all get into, I kind of pause and I just think it doesn't matter. No one's going to die by me saying this thing. And I think life is it's fleeting. Oh, and I do love that quote. That's like I'm going to botch it, but it's something like I'm never going to pass this way ever again. Mm. And so you might as well say whatever the fuck it is that you want to say. Yeah, I agree. And then if we we can circle it back to love, you can't control love. Love doesn't care. Mm -hmm. So if you want love, love will hear you. No matter what you say, Mm -hmm. love will hear you and hold you in your fullest expression of who you are. Mm -hmm. We don't express fully because we want love. We can't get a full expression of love without fully expressing ourselves. We can't. Yeah. So this is kind of the next part of the story that's fascinating to me anyway. So once I called my mom, I was like, I'm done. I felt like Rocky at the top of the steps. I was like, I am done. Personal development checked. What's next on my career bucket list? Like, let's just move on, right? I I was like, this is the biggest thing that's ever, like, I'm done. I have no more stuff to deal with. I did it. (laughs) Enlightened. (laughs) Little did I know. (laughs) Oh, no, it's just the beginning. (laughs) In conversations with my mom, because now I'm like, this is, awesome like once i called her i this it was this this time last year right the springtime was this incredible i mean all of last year was incredibly beautiful for me right then i realized okay something is still stressing me out like i still had that internal stress because once that like high from calling my mom wore off there was still that internal something and i was like 
what is going on? Like, I thought I was done. You know, I thought I checked the box. Like, I called her. She's fine. Like, my dad's fine. Like, everybody's – it's fine. And then I realized that I still had all this stuff under this, you know, under this metaphorical rug or Mm -hmm. learned behavior and learned thought patterns that I still hadn't dealt with. And what I mean by that, it's it's kind of the nitty-gritty stuff and it's the way that I was thinking about myself, the way that I was talking to myself, the pressure I was putting on myself with food and body. And I had this disgusting desperation for men to love me. And I was like, oh, I just want to be in a relationship and validation and that sort of thing. And then I discovered that I have this crippling perception anxiety and I have – you know what actually happened is I went to the dentist. Mm-hmm. I have an amazing dentist, Washington Center for Dentistry in D.C. Nice. And I love my hygienist because they take a, like a really holistic approach to dental care because apparently your mouth is like a reflection of, right? Yeah. Everything is connected. Mm-hmm. And she goes, you have some inflammation in your gums, but I don't see any plaque. Or do you have a lot of stress in your life? And this was like in February of this year, in January. She kind of gave me an assignment by asking that question. And when someone gives me that sort of assignment, I'm going to take it. I'm going to figure it the fuck out. Yeah. And so I start examining that and I'm like, what could possibly be stressing me out? Again, I, I went back to the same hypothesis. I was like, I have a great apartment. And now I have my mom in my life. My dad is fine. I have a job. Again, all the boxes are checked. And then I started to read about stress, specifically internal stress. And I read about the fight or flight mechanism And it's like everything in your surroundings can be right. But if your nervous system feels like there's always a metaphorical Tyrannosaurus Rex in front of you, then your body is producing stress hormones, which throws everything out of whack. So I would get up. Yeah. I'd go to work. Uh I'd be in like meetings with people. And that's when I started to feel like I – so the good thing about – one of the good things about calling my mom was that I was more in tune with my feelings. Mm -hmm which started to make me more in tune with my body. I was so checked out of my body. I was literally just living in my mind. Yep. Nothing was going on from the neck down. <laughs> Nothing, right? Wow, yeah. So I realized like I, I started to sweat kind of profusely. Like I would just sweat around certain people when I got nervous. And I was like, oh my God, that is what's causing the stress. Something, I'm perceiving something in my environment clearly my perception is off that it's causing me physiological stress like I would sweat and I would kind of like disassociate yeah like I black out a little bit when I was talking to people and I realized it's with men it's in situations where I feel a bunch of eyeballs on me and so then I basically uncovered like oh fuck I have a serious 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 hypervigilance problem Mm. That stems back from having a parent that was really really critical and I was always kind of watch I was very hypervigilant of is this one piece of hair out of place? Is that going to get criticized? Is there dust in my room? Is that going to get criticized? So always being hypervigilant around my environment, that was causing me internal stress. And so oh. now I'm in the process of – because that's a whole nervous system reset. Yeah. That takes a long time. It can. Yeah. And so it's sort of that like cognitive reappraisal of when there's, there is a man in front of me, I'm like, okay, this person is not my father. This person is not going to criticize me. You kind of have to go on the cliche like – meditations that are like i am okay i am love like yeah that kind of like you really have to do that kind of stuff and i stopped sweating i finally stopped sweating which was a huge check for me if you could give one message just to say one thing here's a microphone the whole world is going to hear this one you get one thing to say no pressure no pressure at all (laughs) 
What would you say? In this moment, what would you say? Because obviously you're going to change that. But right now, what is in you that wants to be said? I mean, be authentic. That's I'm terrible at giving advice. I'm great at asking questions, but I'm te- I feel like I'm terrible at giving advice. Also, I'm 25. What advice do I have to give? A lot. But yeah, be authentic because again, I've seen firsthand with my parents, myself, people around me because I look at other adults and how they live their lives. And being inauthentic is like building a house on sand and it's like compound interest in a way. Mm -hmm. If the thing that's compounding is built on something artificial or something inauthentic, then the consequences of that thing are also going to be all fucked up and kind of off. It affects every single thing. And it begs a follow-up question of how do you know if you're being authentic and how do you know if you're not being authentic? And I think that's that's going to be a follow-up episode. I'm so grateful for your time and your share and your depth of true wisdom. You have a lot to share. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was exciting. I am so grateful. I I am still in awe and sort of disbelief at the fact that I'm sitting here with you and how it came about. It'll be cool when you, me and my mom can sit down for a chat. That'll um, be a good episode. I can't even imagine. And it. I think that we should meet in Vermont for that I one. know. We have to get over to the mainland. I think Hawaii's done with her. I'm hoping that she ends up close to me. <laughs> She's going to wind up in New England. Yes! I hope so. It looks like I am too, which is... It's so interesting. When you let life live itself through you the way it wants to, and you follow that. When you get down into your body, I... you let... Your life be led by life itself and just show you because no one in their right mind, if they're like a sane person, in Mm -hmm. my opinion, is going to leave Hawaii. Did I want to leave Hawaii? No, not really. And at the same time, of course I did because that's what was happening for me. I never in a million years would have thought that I would want to live in New England. (laughs) You don't say. Wait, what? (laughs) Like crazy. And also, I'm in Vermont, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is like, duh. People would ask me, oh, are you going to go back to Hawaii? And I said, I wouldn't turn it down, but I'll go back to Hawaii if going back is going forward. But I'm going to keep going forward. Right. Meaning, if that means I go back to Hawaii, great. Mm -hmm. But if it doesn't, great. Because whatever is for me, Mm -hmm. I'm here to find out. Mm -hmm. Experience in awe and wonder and, like, Fuck yes. What else is possible and how does it get even better than this? Yeah. And it always does. Or you might go to Vermont and be there for a year and then the next thing feels like duh. Exactly. And we don't know what that'll be. I'm in the same boat. Exactly. I know. And you'll go to New York and it'll be fantastic. Hopefully. And we'll meet up there, but we'll podcast in Vermont because it's a lot quieter there than New York City. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. This has been awesome. Thank you. Oh my God. So good. You're the best. pretty smart for 25 years old, right? Do you have a story like this? I would love to hear it and maybe get you on the show. Let me know. The link's in the show notes. You will hear the link after the music starts as well. If you are feeling inspired to contribute to the continuation of this show, visit buymeacoffee.com slash 100ways. There are options for supporting one time or monthly, or you can receive a reading from me if you're seeking clarity on anything in your life. Until next time, we're sending you all the love and then some more. We'll talk tomorrow. 
Thank you for exploring with me today. I would love to continue this conversation with you. We can do that at lauracristine.us. You'll find contact in the menu, or you can go to lauracristine.us slash contact, and you'll be taken right to it. Let's dive in a little deeper and see how fully we can flow with the duh. Thank you for being here. I would love to hear from you. Go to lauracristine.us to let me know your thoughts on this. And remember, as Rumi said, there are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. Also, you can't fuck it up. I said that. Mm-hmm.